the fear-based or stress-based younger part of me would come with an agenda that could be masked as, hey, I want to help you, or hey, um, let's collaborate on this. But really, there could be a hidden agenda there from the fear of like, I really want Krista to be different right now, Mm. versus like a more open, playful, loving, hey, I'm here Mm. kind of message. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 23 of The Art of We. We are so excited to be here, and we're very excited to have you here with us listening. And today's topic is about perfectionism and the impacts inside of a relationship. We're going to get into that content, but first, we wanted to share that we are totally geeking out about the different kinds of things, tools, ways, hacks, items that we use to help optimize our we, to stay connected, to stay on mission. And we want to share all of that, but we can't seem to do it inside of all our podcasts. So we decided to create a newsletter. Inside the newsletter, you will get notified about our each podcast being released, and you will also get some of the tools that we use in the background to help us do all the things I just mentioned. We would love for you to join us at kristavandevere.com to sign up for the newsletter there. Okay, so let's get into today's topic, perfectionism. So we're going to start with talking about the pros and cons of perfectionism and how it impacts in relationship. And then we're going to get into some of the tools about how we work with it. Do you want to share why we're talking about this today? Sure. So this week is the week leading up to my birthday. And I like to reflect when I'm heading into another turnaround the sun on what I want more of and what I want less of. And in our meditation sessions that we do every morning, it's been coming up a lot, the theme of perfectionism and the impact of perfectionism on quality of life and on our world together in our we. So it just keeps coming up. Specifically having fun. Yes. Which it's really hard to have fun if we're inside of a perfectionism that is not creating more of that. Yes. If anyone out there knows how to do that, please let me know because I think I'd be having fun all the time if, I, <laughs> if perfectionism was fun. <laughs> oh, I see. see. <laughs> well, there are some pros to perfectionism and there are some cons. So why don't we start with the pros? Okay, great. Maybe this will help us get to where we want to go with fun. So when I was preparing for this episode, I was mostly in touch with the pros of perfectionism. As you and I continue to grow and evolve and learn and mature and all of the things, I would say that if we compare today to when we met in 2017, our standards of life, of quality, of top shelfness, of 
outcomes of products of our own behavior with each other, with others, has elevated quite a bit. Definitely. I believe that there's an aspect of perfectionism that's actually art. Hmm. So, for example, with this podcast, we just got these new microphones because we're hoping that they're going to be better than the microphones that we used before. Thanks to our friend Eric for giving us some feedback. (laughs) And an old me would have been like, oh my gosh, we have to like get rid of all those other episodes. The microphones weren't the best. And the new me is like, oh, great. Like here's, here's a way we can learn, we can up level, we can bring our art to another hopefully level of quality. And every episode that you and I do, we're like, how can we make this better? And so I think that the pros of perfectionism, when it's not, when it doesn't have us by its grip and we're, we're out of control. And so we're trying to get into control through perfectionism, but we're using it as a tool to continue to be better artists, to have better quality, to expect higher quality from other people. I mean, I think about our businesses, I think about our teams. You know, if we were just like not asking for a higher level of consciousness and learning and artistry, then we wouldn't be where we're at with our businesses and our home and our podcast. So to me, there's a lot of pros to perfectionism, unless it has you in its grip and it's taking you down in ways that are not forwarding. I like that concept of using perfectionism as a tool rather than perfectionism using us. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should go into the cons. Do you have any thoughts on the cons? I have plenty of thoughts on the cons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, the kind of use of perfectionism in the way you described it is absolutely fun for me. You know, going after higher levels of quality in my life and empowerment in the different areas of life is maybe my number one most fun thing that I do automatically all day and all night. But the downside is when my psychology gets swept into, I'm not far enough along, I'm not advanced enough, um, not enough is the theme. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think anyone who cares about advancing themselves in any way can relate to that going off the rails into... I'm not exactly where I need to be on my way to better microphones for the podcast, for example. Right. So if we use the example of Strava, so this is an app that you use and have used to track yourself on your bike. It shows you like how fast, how far, all the things that I probably don't even know about, but I know that you get in there with this app. And at times it sounds like it's inspiring to you where it's like, okay, can I beat what I did last time on the bike? At other times, it has you instead of you having it, and it becomes this obsessive must-do-the-thing-better. Otherwise, I'm... And then you probably have a story about yourself. Yeah, what comes up for me is that I feel conditional, fleeting relaxation when I perceive that I've gotten somewhere like going faster in Strava for one ride. But the problem is that the stress comes in when the psychology is every single ride has to be faster than the one before. Mm -hmm. Or we have students come into town for weekend training and I want to see 
perfect scores on the outcomes of how the students felt about the experience they had mm-hmm. rather than looking forward to some of the constructive feedback of, you know, I thought the snacks could have been better or I didn't like it when X, Y, or Z happened and seeing that as on the way rather than in the way of success. Right. I think what happens is a younger part of my psychology gets tripped up when he feels insecure or unsafe inside of the perception of something short of the fantasy of perfection. Right. And you were given a lot of encouraging feedback when you were growing up that said, oh, your scores are amazing. You're such a good person. Oh, your vocabulary is amazing. You're such a good person. Like you were given the feedback about mm-hmm. the high scores in any kind of area and that that equated to you as being valuable, valid. Sure. Worthy, lovable. Yeah. Secure, safe. Yeah. What's interesting about that is that when I was younger, a lot of the feedback that I used to get was, oh, you're so tiny. Oh, you're so thin. Oh, you're so X, Y, Z around my body and my body shape, which led to a huge journey of perfectionism in relationship to my body. I had disordered eating for years and body dysmorphia for years. So it's so interesting to see the kind of feedback that we had as a child that laid the imprint for us throughout our life for at least part of our life for what makes us valuable to the world. Especially given the fact that the feedback was, I mean, you could speak for yourself of your experience with the comments about your body, but for me, it's hard to judge the people who cared about me or my parents praising me for my gifts and talents. You know, it's like, it's interesting that the praise and the positive comments Mm. created this impact on me Mm. as opposed to, it wasn't like criticism, like, you know, get your together of what the wrong with you. It wasn't like that. It was just like super positive feedback that had this long lasting effect on me. Right. That's a good point. When I was raising Sophie, I tried to be cognizant of being balanced in the way that I gave her feedback and to not be overly effusive with praise or make a mountain out of a molehill with a mistake that she made at times, you know. So I was I was trying to not have that impact on her. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> She's an amazing young woman in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some of the ways that we work with perfectionism individually and together, and also the impact that it has on our relationship when we're not addressing it. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple. And they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. 
Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Welcome back. We're going to now shift gears into talking about the impact on our relationship of perfectionism and explore some of the different ways that that comes about for us. I think a, a big piece of that is how we relate to our space and having people over. Would you like to start us off on that? Because I'm the one that has the perfectionistic tendency starts. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, I think we do have different standards of what order and chaos look like, but. Well, I like that. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel very sensitive to my environment when my environment feels orderly and perfect in the way that I define perfection of our environment. I feel orderly and not perfect, but I feel more in my body, less in my head, more on mission, more accessibility to wisdom and information. And when our environment feels chaotic or messy, I feel that way internally. I have a harder time to focus. I have a harder time wanting people in my space. So we do have different standards around our space, but I think there's also different reasons for it. I do get very driven to have our home and our space feel and look a certain way when people walk in our house. And I love that about myself. And I hate the kind of impact that it has on our relationship or has had because we're, we're really working with it where it's like people are coming two hours before I get into this headspace of so very much of an eye space of buzzing around, really not including you. You feel my energetic, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's edgy. Tasmanian devil. Yeah. <laughs> Disconnected. Edgy. Yeah. So that that's something that happens for us, definitely. And what's the, what is it like for you when you're experiencing that? Well, if I respond to you from a younger place, I get scared and I feel... I could even go into like collapse or hopelessness of, you know, you're not there. You're, you're not attending to me being in the space with you reminds me of unpleasant experiences I had as a kid, but from, from an adult place, when I can really show up and be a good partner to you, I can make contact with you from a place that's not coming from fear or stress and gently invite you to come out of the spell yeah, and I have to say that I welcome all of your interactions and particularly the latter one when you're stopping me and helping me wake up to my own behavior and my own energetic. It's super helpful. And when you do in a way that invites me into collaboration with you and to see that I'm in my thing, I can actually usually pop out of it and be like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. And then we can collaborate together about how to get the house to a place where you and I agree it should be, which is a huge change for us rather than me just being in my siloed Tasmanian devil whirlwind, pretending like you're not even with me. It's tricky because, you know, the fear-based or stress-based younger part of me would come with an agenda that could be masked as, hey, I want to help you or, hey, um, let's collaborate on this. But really, there could be a hidden agenda there from the fear of like, I really want Krista to be different right now mm. versus like, 
a more open, playful, loving, hey, I'm here, mm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of message. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, maybe that younger part of you, that's the tool he has to get a change, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for that too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's our first tool is making contact with each other when we see one another in a place of stress or disconnection around perfectionism. Yeah. I can think of plenty of examples of you doing that for me too. In, in situations, different contexts where I'm going into perfectionism or stress. Another tool that we use that we've already been showing on this episode is parts work. And we don't need to go deep into that. We've talked about it a lot on this show, but being able to identify parts of us that might feel scared or stressed tends to be a really fruitful investigation that tends to trigger less defensiveness in each other. So that's a really useful tool. Yes. And then anything that can get get us out of our heads, like meditation, consistent meditation, especially working out, Mm -hmm. even getting out of the house together and doing something new and novel, I think really helps me get out of my perfectionistic rabbit holes. Definitely. Same here. And then when you get stuck into something like the Strava example that we use, this app where you are on your bike and you're grinding that you need to go to the next level, you need to accomplish the next goal. When you notice you're doing that, how do you work with yourself individually? On my bike, I often will take myself back to a memory I have of doing a 24-hour race a long time ago, almost 15 years ago now, where a much faster rider uh, rode by me in the middle of the night, and I tried to keep up with him for a while. And at one point, he kind of noticed that there was somebody on his tail, which he was a little surprised about. And he looked over his shoulder and he said, ride your own ride, stay inside your own ride. (laughs) 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 And it was really, really, really good advice for life. (laughs) And I wasn't doing that. And anyway, I had a whole journey around that. So that's a really powerful memory for me of somebody offering unsolicited, but really valuable advice. And that reminds you to just be on your own journey rather than trying to meet some sort of expectation. Right. And the idea that we will progress inside of a plan of progression, not inside of some kind of weird fantasy that somehow I'm going to get to the next level without earning it step by step. Right? Right. Totally. It's very similar to me with our house that we just did a whole house remodel unexpectedly. If you've heard our podcast, you know what we're talking about, you know, having a house created and we got to pick out all the things and then it's constructed and put together. There's things that we notice living in the house that just six months in, seven months in shouldn't already be getting dinged and banged up and impacted. Like we have this really beautiful concrete sink in our kitchen. And unfortunately, some pans hit the side of the sink, must have been pretty hard. And there's these dings in our sink. And it really got me like this, like, 
we're going to be in this house for a very long time. And here there's these things that are happening inside the house that aren't perfect anymore. And the way that I've learned to work with myself, because I've really been working it and I notice it inside of my system, is I go towards the learning and the growth mindset. So when I can get into, oh, now we know not to get this particular type of concrete sink in the future, or, oh, next time we pick out a hardwood floor person, it's going to layer all of this beautiful wood on our floor. We really need to do the due diligence to make sure that we actually like their work. I mean, the floors is a huge job in our house, and it's not something that's easy to replace. And in my eyes, I see so much imperfection that if I don't go from a learning perspective, then I'm just kind of like putting my face in a pillow all day long. Because like we put so much time and energy and stress, not that that should mean that it needs to turn out perfect, but into creating this home that we didn't realize we were going to need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's a great, that's a great tool getting back into a learning perspective. I like that. Yeah. Well, should we leave people with a challenge for today? Let's do it. Your challenge, dear listener, for today's episode on perfectionism is to first notice if there's any place in your life where you bring the attitude of perfectionism. See if you can identify benefits to your perfectionism. I like that. What are the benefits to that? It's great. What are the benefits to that? And then look for impact that might be happening in your relationship and have a conversation with your partner about perfectionism and see what emerges out of that. And please let us know how it goes. Leave Mm. us a comment in your favorite podcast platform. Send us an email through the website, kristavandervere.com. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. I always love the conversations about here's what's happening inside of my system that's really challenging, and I want to know the impact that that has on you and our relationship. And usually, until I really hear the impact that it's having, I don't really necessarily feel any reason to change it other than high levels of suffering inside of my own self. But when I know that it's really impactful for you, I'm really driven, inspired to change the behavior. Yeah. I love that. How how motivated you are from the feedback on the impact. It's the same for me. So there's another opportunity for our listener to look at that theme in your relationship. What's the impact? Go check it out and let us know. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If the show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We Podcast.